The Winnipeg Jets pick up wins in both ends of the home and home against the Minnesota Wild to close out 2023. We'll talk about how it ended. We'll talk about Marc-Andre Fleury's 1,000th career game, as well as the players that were able to uh, keep it close for the Minnesota Wild here today. Let's get things rolling with today's Lockdown Wild postcast. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into today's Locked On Wild Postcast, the final postcast of 2023 as the Minnesota Wilds come up short 3-2 to two to the Winnipeg Jets here today. Now, the play was better than it was yesterday, but it's still the same result wild lose in regulation to the jets and it ended up being uh, kind of a loss of composure there in the second uh in the third period i should say um for the minnesota wild they just were not able to let a uh, two to one lead hold and uh, the jets scored two straight goals to come away with the win and uh, for the jets now they uh, they beat the Wild in both ends of this home and home. And I mean, we we knew kind of what sort of game it was going to be right off the drop. Then uh, because Pat Maroon fought with Adam Lowry. And so we knew what kind of a game it was going to be. And I thought for the uh, most part, the Wilds were able to kind of mix in, throwing the body around with trying to get shots on net. First period was a much better start today than it was um, against Winnipeg yesterday. But it just seemed like once Winnipeg got that tying goal that they were able to just kind of take the game into their favor and the Wild never really got it back. And you, you get those two goals late in the third period, including the one on a... Uh, delayed penalty in which you've got a few wild players that just straight up stopped skating. That's the composure kind of stuff that you just can't have in these types of games. We talked all week leading up to these matchups against the Winnipeg Jets, that if the wild are going to get themselves back into postseason, the postseason conversation, you got to start beating the teams in front of you in the standings. They've beaten plenty of teams that are behind him in the standings, but you got to start getting even and uh, beating those teams that are above them in the division standings and in the Western Conference standings, and the Wild weren't able to do it in um, in either game. Now, obviously, big picture, you don't have Kirill Kaprizov in the game. You um, you don't have Philip Gustafson. You don't have Jonas Brodeen. You've got a lot of players out of the lineup. Matt Zuccarello not in the lineup as well, but as John Hines said after the game, you know, you need to find ways to win games with the players that are in the lineup. And, you know, let's let's give a, a big tip of the cap to what I thought was the best line on the ice for pretty much the entirety of the game. Marcus Foligno, Freddie Goudreau, and Pat Maroon. Those guys were battling all game. Uh, Pat Maroon essentially single-handedly allowing the Wild an opportunity on that Freddie Goudreau goal because he just refused to um, he just refused to give the puck up behind the net. 
this was one of those games that you get from Marcus Foligno um, throughout the season in which he's able to be physical, he's able to set the tone, and he's also able to help push offensively. And so you had a uh, you had a great performance, I thought, from that line, but you just didn't have anybody else that really was able to uh, to step up and uh, and help out that top line that's Johansson. Erickson Eck and Boldy line inconsistent in this one. I thought it was, uh, for the most part, not a particularly good game for Matt Boldy in this game, just passing up some opportunities and turning over the puck a ton. And then you had some of the same things that we've seen from Marcus Johansson at points throughout uh, this season that um, just passing up shots. And it's it's frustrating because coming off of what you saw yesterday, the effort was much better. You know, it's just, it's a game that you just have to find a way to close out. And in Mark Andre Fleury's 1000th career game, I thought he was great today, but you, you don't do him any favors. And especially on those, uh, those last two goals that uh, the jets were able to score to, uh, to take control of this game feels like it just should have been a uh, better outcome um, for the uh, for the wilds in this one um you know there, there's a lot to break down in uh, in a game like this but I I think we we start with um, the thing that uh, that we saw that I think a lot of people have been looking for and have been asking for in that Dakota Mermis gets into the game. And I, I thought defensively, um, for the most part, uh, the guys that you would expect to do well did. But you look at Bogosian and Mermis being on the wrong end of a minus two. Uh, and penalty-wise, too. Like, let's, let's talk about the penalties as well. Um, just some, some lack of composure stuff. Again, that this has been a staple for this team over the uh, the last several years is that you know the, they kind of are prone to these types of moments where you just get a meltdown that leads to a goal that uh, you can't overcome and that's what it seems like leads to the uh, the Jets being able to come away with the win uh, here in this one today now I will say uh, because I saw we got some comments on it already no update on Kirill Kaprizov or Philip Gustafson um, after the game from John Hines, he said that he will likely have some information on those guys for uh, for Tuesday's game against Calgary. But at this point, um, it's it's going to uh, I, I don't know. At, at this point, the fact that there has not been an update is probably not a good thing. But I would imagine we'll get an update on those guys for Tuesday. But if Gustafson's going to be out for a while, if Kaprizov's going to be out for a while, this is going to be the lineup that you see for the uh, the Wild here over the uh, the next several games. And so, um, it's this team's just got to figure out how to um, how to get it done. And you know, another thing I think that is kind of frustrating in this one too is you have Ryan Hartman score what would have made it to nothing 
but then the uh, the goal gets waved off and the jets are able to get the tying goal and uh, kind of seemed like they stole momentum away at that point uh, and so it's it's not the way i think anybody had hoped that 2023 would finish and now you've finished the month of december 9 and 5 as opposed to 10 and 4 maybe at the least um yeah, it's it's disappointing in how these last two games played out, to say the least, because there were chances in this one, and uh, it just seemed like the uh, the Wilds kind of were were not able to compose themselves enough to uh, come away with the win here uh, in today's game. So we've got uh, a lot to get to here. We'll uh, get to your comments. We'll rehash on um, the. Injury situation. We'll talk about uh, a few other things. Um, and uh, we will continue to uh, recap this one uh, in today's Locked and Wild postcast, final postcast of 2023. So we have uh, a ton more on the way. Um, and uh, we'll continue to recap this uh, 3 to 2 loss for the Minnesota Wild against Winnipeg on today's Locked on Wild postcast after this. Today's Lockdown Wild Postcast is brought to you by FanDuel. And as we close out 2023, the NFL regular season is wrapping up. But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel is incredibly easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, such as live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub and more. Minnesota Vikings hosting the Green Bay Packers here tonight. So if you feel as though the Minnesota Vikings are going to come away with the win, that's a good spot to start. And then you can uh, go for some parlays, such as receiving yards for Justin Jefferson, uh, Jordan Addison, Addison expected to play, so maybe uh, you feel lucky about him scoring a touchdown. All good options for you with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Minnesota Wild fall by a score of 3-2 to two to the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, the Wilds head into the end of uh, 2023. Uh, on a two-game losing streak. And uh, let's get to your comments here as we uh, break this one down. Uh, the Wild come up on the wrong end of both games against the uh, Winnipeg Jets here uh, in this one today. We'll start with John wondering why the uh, Wild took their timeouts and uh, opted to bring Spurgeon in for Brock Faber. Faber is is always somebody that you want to see get those critical moments down the stretch. And uh, unfortunately for Jared Spurgeon here in this one today, I, I think the last two games for him have been uh, a little rocky at best. So if um, it, it's it could be that uh, it's just going to take him a little time to kind of get back up to game speed. But there, there was the one good play that Spurgeon made defensively in this one to uh, knock the puck away and prevent a uh, a shot in close, but um, some turnovers along the boards. It's it, it is going to take him probably a little bit to get himself back to um, 
where he's been at uh, over the last few years. So that that was frustrating. And then, you know, let's let's talk about maybe the play of the game or what would have been maybe even the play of the year had Brock Faber been able to score on that goal where he weaved through the entire Winnipeg Jets lineup and uh, just had the puck kind of roll off his stick. Marcus Foligno, had he been able to get to the net like a second earlier, is maybe able to tap that thing in, and uh, the Wild then would have had the tying goal at 3-3. But um, I think you see those types of things, and I I was happy at the fact that in that um, late-game empty net situation, that Marco Rossi's one of those guys that uh, that John Hines had out there. Would it have been nice to uh, to have Faber out there as well for the entirety of that sequence? Yes, but um, you know Spurgeon is not Spurgeon's a good player, and so he's going to get those opportunities as well. It's just a matter of him getting back up to game speed here um, because it's. It's been uh, it's been a little rocky these uh, last two games here, to say the least. Uh, I'll rehash for uh, for Nathan joining us here. Uh, no update on Kaprizov or Gustafson, but uh, John Hines said after the game that he hopes to have an update on both guys for Tuesday. So we'll keep an eye out and uh, and see if we are able to learn anything as to what sort of timetable we're looking at for uh, for both of those guys. If both of them avoid long-term injured reserve, how uh, how much pain we can continue to uh, to suffer here throughout the course of this season, uh, we, we should have an update uh, come Tuesday for you on that. Um, looking at uh, some of the uh, rest of the comments here, this is a good point from Mike too. Great teams are better than good teams, and you know let's let's give Winnipeg some credit here. They're an incredibly stingy team from a uh, goals against standpoint, and they really made things tricky for the Wilds, especially in that second period. Really made it tough for them to uh, to get into the zone. They blocked a ton of shots here tonight. I think the final tally for the Jets from a blocks standpoint was, uh, let's just see here, uh, 28 block shots for the Winnipeg Jets. And there was a moment in which Brassois went down. He got uh, tangled up in the crease with uh, one of the uh, Wild players. Jets just walled off the net, and uh, the Wild were not able to take advantage of the goalie being like face down in the crease. And so, um, you know, Jets did a great job of, of closing off a lot of those areas because Hartman's goal up high past, um, past the side of Brassois' head seemed like there were opportunities to beat him uh, up high, but the Wild just not able to um, get opportunities down the stretch to, uh, to get the, um, the game-tying goal. So just looking at some other... Uh, comments here are those whispers of a tank season I hear again <laughs> uh, it, it's not going to happen folks this is not like we, we talked about this yesterday it, hard to believe it's been 24 hours since this has been discussed we talked about it yesterday like the, there is no situation unless your roster is like barren there's no situation in which teams are like okay we're we're going to tank 
The Wild are not in a position to do that. And so it's it's just it's not in the cards. It's not something that is uh, is going to be um, even an option on the table for this team. So it's just continuing to try to push to the um, to the postseason. And that's really the only option at this point for this team. Third most penalized team in the league. And look, like we we had talked about it heading into the game how it was likely that there was going to be some sort of uh, fisticuffs early on. And so Maroon talks to Lowry and says, let's, let's do this. So you get that out of the way early on, two seconds into the game. So you, you get that taken care of. The Wilds, you know, they threw their weight around plenty throughout the rest of the game. But then it's some of those other penalties that you have. And as Dan mentions here, and we we keyed in on this right off the drop here today, is on that delayed penalty, you have guys that are just kind of just kind of check out of the play. And you you can't do that. Like you have to continue to play, even if you don't agree with the call. And there there is a lot of that that happens with this wild team too. Is even if you don't agree with the call, you gotta keep playing because you let your guard down. And the Winnipeg Jets took advantage, and that ended up being the uh, the deciding goal in this one. So it was it was a loss of composure down the stretch, uh, which it was just super frustrating over these uh, these last two games to uh, see this team not be ready for the uh, the spotlight for the most part. It was better early on today, but still, just not where it needs to be. For this team going up against um, the uh, the top teams that are already in the uh, postseason picture, um, Gun Tote and Granny, yes, Wallstead is injured as well, which is why Zane McIntyre was called up. And honestly, it probably would have been McIntyre either way. Uh, getting the call up with Gustafson hurt. Um, I I just I think at this point, it's just keep. Volstead down in Iowa and just let him continue to do his thing. There's a natural opportunity likely next year for him to come up and get the opportunity to um, to cut his teeth at the NHL level. And I, I think if you pull him up to the NHL level at this point, the expectations then are that he's going to be able to step in and like salvage the season those types of things and that's just that's not pressure that you need to put on a goalie of that age at this point in his career. He's going to get the opportunity to do it. And um it, there just is no reason to accelerate that to try to hop into the postseason. Like you're you're better off just kind of riding it out um and just hoping that uh that things can kind of write themselves as opposed to just trying to establish him as the savior for this team. Um, yeah, it's, it's just better to, to keep things going as, uh, as they are. Jason joining us. We're playing decent with a quarter of our team hurts. We just need to keep, get healthy and stop taking the stupid penalties. Yeah, this is, this is spot on. I'm trying to take more of a um, optimistic approach after yesterday's game. This is the reality of the situation is that 
if the Wilds can keep themselves in the conversation, get Kirill Kaprizov back, get Jonas Brodeen back, get Matt Zuccarello back, get Philip Gustafson back, that's when they're going to be at their best opportunity to uh, to try to make a run. And so for now, you're just trying to kind of you're just trying to kind of float and hope that that is enough to keep you close enough uh, when you get to say March, say February, to be able to continue to push. And that's that's about all the the Wild can do at this point is. Um, is to just keep kind of keep pushing and um, just hope that some breaks go their way as well. Uh, the bar flies. How many more years for the Parisi and Suter contract buyout? So this year and next year are the big ones. And then after that, then it goes down to like 1.5 million total for the two. So you're going to be rolling through the rest of this season with limited funds and you're rolling through next season in a uh, similar, similar way, but you got some money coming off the books this off season going into next year, which will allow the opportunity to get some different players on this roster. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tight the rest of this year and next year too, unless the wild spend a chunk of the time dealing with the long-term injured reserve, which is nothing that anybody should want because the players that would be lost at the expense of having that money available are all good players. So it's, it's going to be tight for these, um, these next few games or these next few seasons, I should say these next two seasons. And then you start to get some of that back and um, can, can get back, uh, get back on track. Wild Crush 44. I'm not too worried. Look at the guys we have out. You'd like to get two points, but I think they regroup and get back to good hockey. This is a this was a learning experience for the Minnesota Wild over these last two games. Is you have to elevate your play to beat teams like the Winnipeg Jets, to beat Colorado, to beat Dallas. You got to elevate your play. And so there still are at this point of uh, what is it 47 games left in the uh, in the schedule you're not going to go 47 and all you're not going to go own 47 but somewhere in between can either be a playoff spot or not and um that will be entirely up to this team to uh, decide on how the rest of the season plays out uh, looking at some other comments here, um, this is a good one from Quadrum. This is one of those games where we needed a goal from a star player. Sure, Kaprizov's out, but Boldy and Arasi needed to get one. I think this is this is very spot on. Um, this just felt like a game in which you needed a goal from Matt Boldy uh, or or somebody on that top line to be able to tie it up or be able to add to the lead in the third period. The The third line doing the heavy lifting offensively is great, but when it's the only line that really is able to do anything, that's a problem. And so the fact that those guys on that top line, inconsistent, you know, ton of turnovers, um, not having Kaprizov up there hurts. And 
you just you need somebody else to be able to uh, help offensively, and the uh, the Wild just they they did not get that here uh, in today's game. So that uh, that's why they lost. And if they uh, if they can get um, just some better performances from their top six, that's that's going to go a long way. This is, I think, the most or one of the most frustrating parts about these two games. As James notes, you held the Jets' best line to zero points and lost both games. That's miserable. Like you, if you would have told me before either of the games started that Mark Shifley would have no points, I would have said the Wild win both. And they lose both, which is just another wrinkle to why these are frustrating games. Why these two games have been so frustrating is you do what you need to do to hold a lot of key Jets components in check, but then Nino Niederreiter goes nuts. Or today... You know, you have a couple of of goals back to back that you just can't afford to give up, and that ends up being the the decider in the game. So, and Bob is accurate here. We need sixty minutes from everyone, but there were like seven to eight passengers. That's also very accurate, and that speaks to I think a top six without Kirill Kaprizov. It's just it's hard to put all of that on one guy. So. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot to. Um, there's a lot to take from this game, both positive and negative. Um, but in order for the, uh, in order for the Wild to win these games, they they're going to need consistent scoring from those top level guys. Uh, I'm glad gun tote and granny mentioned this because this was very evident throughout the course of the game is that Brandon Duhame wanted to go with somebody like he was, he was zipping around the entire game. He had, um, he had a handful of hits that he levied against the jets, but um, just never got the opportunity to be able to uh, throw down. He had four hits in 11 minutes here uh, today and just just didn't get the opportunity to to throw his weight around a little harder um in this one so it's uh it's just one of those days that he uh doesn't get the opportunity to uh to throw hands um so you know the, the other thing too james i'm not sure if james is if james is a wild fan or a jets fan if he's a jets fan you know, props to coming in here and um, and having an actual dialogue and a conversation as opposed to what happened yesterday. It's a deep Jets team, and it's a team that continues to win without Kyle Connor because they have continued to prioritize not giving up goals, but they're also very good offensively themselves. So credit to uh, credit to the Jets for winning these two games. Um, it's uh it it was exactly what you needed if you were the uh the Minnipeg uh Minnipeg. Jeez. Oh, uh, it's been a long weekend. Uh the Winnipeg Jets. Um wow. James just throwing all the heat here in the chat. 25 straight games Winnipeg has not allowed more than 3 goals. 
That's impressive. And that's why they are one of the top three in the entire NHL in terms of goals against. It's it's not a fluke. It's it's what the Winnipeg Jets do. It's who they are this season. So a lot of frustration, but at the end of the day, let's keep the big picture in mind here that uh, you're dealing with having some pretty major pieces out of the lineup, but at the end of the day, you still have to figure out a way to uh, come away with wins. So Wilds lose both. That will conclude the 2023 portion of the uh, NHL schedule. Uh, but don't worry, we're not going anywhere because uh, the Wild will be right back to it on Tuesday night against the Calgary Flames. And uh, we'll have you covered, of course, as we do uh, each and every game here throughout the uh, rest of 2024. So that's, I think, going to wrap it up here today. And um, everybody have a happy new year. Have a safe new year tonight. Uh, Vikings play the Packers, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be raucous, which is why I'm going to be getting out of town um, before any of that sets in. So whatever you're doing tonight to celebrate, enjoy. Have a uh, great end to 2023, and uh, we will see you with 2024 right around the corner. And uh, plenty more content coming up at Locked on Wild. So make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe. Hit the like button before you uh, hop off here for the day. And uh, we'll keep you covered throughout uh, the rest of the season as well. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.